welcome to Psych Hero, where we discuss superhero psychology and art therapy. I'm your podcaster, Jacinta of Centilin Artworks. Today's podcast is called Identity and Supercamp, where we will be discussing the psychology of identity and personality. So just a reminder, Psych Hero has no affiliation with DC Marvel or any other publications discussed in this podcast. Let's begin. When thinking about superheroes, there have been active debates and conversations about the true identity of a character. Looking through a theater and psychology lens, my guest and I are going to discuss identity with one specific character in mind that could be applied to other characters just as easily. Today's superhero discussion focuses on Superman. It's a plane! It's Superman! Is Clark Kent? Is he the superhero embodiment of hope, Superman? Is he Kal-El, the surviving alien from another planet? Clark Kent, who works at the Daily Planet? Or Clark, the adopted son of John and Martha Kent? For many years in the cinematic superhero universe, fans all around question the ability of actors to be able to portray the character of the superhero. Many conversations after seeing the films entail, did the actor or actress play the superhero well? Calendar Landa is here to share with us his perspective as a fan of Superman and as an actor to discuss what pieces of identity to look at for a big name superhero. Hey folks, yeah, this is uh, Kalen here. Uh, I absolutely love Superman. I think he's the greatest superhero of all time. And uh, I actually get a lot of backlash from the public about loving Superman so much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here to defend his honor and talk about uh, what makes him tick. So let's start with what draws you to Superman the most? So I think what draws me to Superman the most, honestly, is just the fact of who he is as a person. I mean, a lot of people, when they think of Superman, um, I generally hear three things. One, he's overpowered. Two, he is too good of a superhero. And also three, he's not very complex, which makes him boring. And I feel like the people who feel this way um, just don't know who he is as a person. And I think that's what makes him so interesting is that people, after all this time, he's al already passed 80 years of being alive today, um, that they don't know who he is. And he also is still struggling with who he is. And I think that is one of the most relatable things for a superhero to be is someone who's out there trying to find who they are and what their place is in society. And we see that there's a lot of different pieces of identity when these superheroes are portrayed in cartoons or in films that get rejected. There's certain identities that they don't clash very well. And we know that Christopher Reeve's Superman was a very different embodiment of who is Clark Kent and mm -hmm. who is Superman. And then we have later on this Henry Cavill's Man of Steel type of Superman. And those identities tend to have a lot of people that like one or the other. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you want to say about that split? I think I think it's an interesting point, um, and you actually hit it on the head. It's, it's the fact that they're completely different Superman. Um, when you're looking at a character from an actor's standpoint, you have to realize that there are multiple sides to each character that you can portray and make that be the focus of your version of the character or if you want to find a way to incorporate all these little pieces. So Christopher Reeve actually was not anything like Superman from the comic books. 
um, when Superman first appeared in the comic books and action comics in 1938, he was a man of very little words. He didn't really care about laws or rules. He would just show up, just punch the guy in the face, and then if they had any lip, he didn't care. He just took him to jail, and then he would disappear. So there's and, a certain characteristic, it sounds like, that people tend to take just one thing about Superman, and that becomes all of his identity when yep. played in something like a superhero film. Absolutely. So Christopher Reeve decided to make Superman relatable by making him charming. He thought, if I can make Superman charming, then it'll reinvent the character. And I think that's actually why he was so successful, so that every single comic book that came out after that were trying to mimic what Christopher Reeve brought to Superman as opposed to what they had already um, known about the character. So as we're going into to talk about like these different dynamics of Superman, which are already very interesting, we got to figure out, like, is there a difference between identity, which is also referred to as character, and personality? Personality, uh, in my understanding, usually refers to someone's public image. So that's kind of something that Christopher Reeves took, is the public image of being charming. However, a lot of personality theorists have little agreement to how to use the term personality and how it should be defined. Mm. So we tend to see personality as a broad term that has something to do with the influence of thought patterns in a person. And identity is seen as a unique characteristic that holds the personality structure. So we're talking about a characteristic that was taken and made into a full-blown identity and his personality, however we wanted to view that, becomes part of, okay, everything about being charming has to be ingrained into who he is and what his personality is and how he shows up in mm -hmm. his public image. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, that's a cool thing to think about. And uh, taking one thing and making that the entire character, um, like they did with Christopher Reeve, how I, I use the word charming. But um, I guess a more modern text, you can say, would be the new Man of Steel movie like we mentioned with Henry Cavill. Their whole purpose of making that movie, they went after the word alien. It's the only word that they went for, and that's to identify that Superman is not human, that he actually is an alien, and how that would make someone feel in society if they were alienated. So all of this Man of Steel, it takes a completely 180 turn from Christopher Reeve because in those movies, he was accepted by everybody and everyone loved him and he was great. He was funny. He was smart. He was charming. And then you have Henry Cavill's version of Superman and Justin Man of Steel where he is alienated from everybody. In the movie, he's schooled. In the comics, um, it's kind of based off of the Earth One story when he was homeschooled, but... He was always by himself. He wasn't allowed to completely give in to his powers. He was never allowed to show his true capabilities and uh, what he was able to do. And so what do we have? For most of the movie, he's moping around. He's trying to find out what, what job he's supposed to have. He had like 15 different jobs. And a lot of people didn't like that. But there you go. Well, it sounds like that there's a shaping of how society is viewing someone and how their identity comes from that. You know, in Zack Snyder's version, society completely was rejecting and dehumanizing someone by basically objectifying him as some kind of alien. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the scene where they were like, you're basically able to infect everybody else. And Superman's like, I've been here for 30 years. It would have happened already. You're scared of me because you can't control me. You don't, and you never will. But that doesn't mean I'm your enemy. 
-hmm. So this idea of because he's not from Earth, that he's some other thing that we just can't understand. Absolutely. And how that can affect someone's identity in the world that they're navigating with. Yeah, and it also just I think brings another thing of why why I like Superman personally is that is he is one of the front superheroes. He he was the first superhero. He's been here the longest. He's the one who fronts what it means to be lonely. I think. I mean, there are other characters out there like we like um, Wolverine from the Marvel comics, who is just like it doesn't matter what happens to him. He just never has any luck with his life, and he's like always doing this alone because he's going through his journey by himself, um, he can't relate to anybody. It's well, and he lives so long that people are lost in his yeah, life. absolutely. So he's the epitome of loneliness, and Superman holds a very different kind of loneliness yeah. being surrounded by others. So we get Superman who lives a long life or whatever, but he's not alienated in the fact that he looks like an alien, like Martian Manhunter, but of the fact that you would know more than I would about the psychology of it, but apparently there are six types of loneliness which are um, physical, I mean, which are interpersonal loneliness, social loneliness, cultural, intellectual, psychological, and existential loneliness. <laughs> and Superman faces every single one of these because of how much he is on the outside of society, no matter how much he wants to be included. Well, and to tie that to his other identity that we're seeing, because we're just kind of talking about the surface of the embodiment of Superman. Yeah, we're still at the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, we got to get to the various identities of Kal-El and Clark and Clark Kent, and we see that not only is he kind of this embodiment of loneliness in the Earth society, but he's a lot of an outsider from his original planet as Mm -hmm. well, because he had to leave at such a young age. Yeah. And so we see a natural development of masks that we wear in our identity. So Carl Jung was a psychologist, and he was the one who thought of masks that people wear. And he was also the one that encompassed personality types like the Myers-Briggs test that we're all familiar with. And when I think of Superman, I just think of these masks and how part of it is very much a natural process. Because we have the masks like the persona, which is the one mask that people assume in society it's their social role Mm -hmm. and we kind of see that taking place not only as superman but as clark kent just you know somebody who's working um like a day-to-day person um we also see the shadow side which we often think of it as evil but the shadow side really talks about characteristics that we do not accept for ourselves so maybe there's a side that Superman really struggles to accept, and that might be the part where he could be potentially very dangerous. Yep. That's always been a conversation yeah. about that he has the ability to do that. And then we have what Young called the self, which is the ultimate unity of personality. So encompassing everything, encompassing Superman, Kal-El, Clark, and Clark Kent as one human being, and if we ever get to see that. So basically, it's natural to take on the masks that we wear we have the public versus private mask and so on where we're going to show up very differently in our relationships but for some reason it seems like superman gets to be a person who's split in a lot of his relationships Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering about a point where he gets to be the ultimate unity of him as a whole yeah that's interesting i haven't never really thought about that um before in terms of when he can encompass all of his um, personalities um but honestly i think 
like I, I love that we're talking about the fact that there is a distinction between Clark Kent, Clark, Kal-El, and Superman because um, most people, when they look at the character, they just see Superman. Mm-hmm. No one can get past that on his chest, but mm-hmm. that's it's almost his job, Superman. That's not exactly what he wants. It's just what he does it because he believes in it, but that's what the people see in him. He is there to fix their problems or to save them. This looks like a job for Superman. And nothing, um, nothing else, and which nothing is kind else, of that part of dehumanizing, dehumanizing him, right? But also putting him on a pedestal so that if anything does happen, he's the one to blame. And so when he is just Clark is when we see his real feelings and his real emotions, and he still has his superpowers. He mm-hmm. wakes up the next day. He still has those superpowers, but he's still that great human. He's still a good person. Well, and that's when we get to see times that he doesn't use his powers for everyday things Mm -hmm. unlike superman who's like always the embodiment of the power that he has yeah and we only get to see him be that way with specific people which are monpa kent his parents sometimes lois lane um and i say sometimes because even though that's his love interest there's been a lot of time before she even realized who he was that he was still keeping a part away from her and even when she does find out that he's superman she has to keep that secret too and they're always having to walk on eggshells around every person that they're around and then you have batman which um you had mentioned before the podcast which i thought was cool which is might also speak to superman's character that his best friend is a kind of a sociopath um but that's beside the point um and we don't want to talk about batman <laughs> and as a sociopath Woman. i think a lot of people might have just perked their ears on that oh, one probably I'll just share. When I was thinking about the podcast, it occurred to me that maybe Batman or Bruce Wayne are one of the very few people that get to see Superman be his complete self. He's able to unite all of his roles. And we can see identity as also roles that we have. So Clark Kent is a role. Clark is a role. Kal-El is a role. Superman is a role. And I was very interested in wondering if there was a time when all of those came together and Batman was the first one that came to my mind as someone who can understand the different roles that they play and mm-hmm. therefore can cut through to the core of who someone is. Yeah, which is probably why they're best friends, but they also like love and hate each other at the same time. They know that they're both needed. Yeah. But they're not always in agreement. Absolutely. They completely butt heads all the time. But but yeah, I think Superman is psychologically very interesting character and um you have we're talking about the faces of clark kent and everyone says well when compared to batman bruce wayne is always batman because he can't get out of that mindset but superman can separate himself from his duties and his powers and his heritage he can choose to be a bumbling reporter and he has a love for reporting but um we still have to realize clark kent is Superman's secret identity. You would still say that the secret identity of a superhero is always their counterpart. It's always the hero. It's not the person. And with Clark Kent, Clark Kent is his mask. It's the one that he puts on when he goes out or he has to hide in plain sight and pretend that he's basically the most pathetic human to ever exist to hide the fact that he is got these powers. Well, and we do an interesting thing in both the movies and the comics where we're talking about you know maybe superman is really the one 
that isn't his true self because of how people view Superman, how they interact with him, and what kind of public image he has to hold. Mm -hmm. But when we see the comics, everybody's always like, oh, Clark Kent is this secret identity because of how we have to dress him up, mm -hmm. literally, with the glasses and the hat sometimes yeah, and, and the, the button up, like the extra clothing that he has to wear versus Superman, he's pretty bare. And everybody has this debacle about, yeah, we're portraying his ability to be Clark Kent as his secret identity, which I happen to agree with that Superman is actually the secret identity where he's not really able to be his full self in that form. He can only present as one role, one characteristic, one identity of who he is. Well, I, th I think it depends on, I think, like we said, it kind of depends on um, who he's with and who he's in front of because when, just for the example of going back to Batman or Wonder Woman, like when they hang out, do they hang out in their superhero uniforms and they talk in their superhero voices or whatever? Everyone has different interpretations. Well, that's their, their privacy, but right? It's not their just, public image. They're just hanging out. They're just living with their powers. This is who they are. They're showing all their, all their facets. But Superman, when he gets out in front of the public, that's his uniform. Mm -hmm. He puts that on and people are like, okay, you're on duty. Work for us. But I, I, I think um, the Clark Kent going to the Daily Planet, that's a costume, too. It's just, it's the farm boy Clark that we get to see that's, like, He's choosing he to take a characteristic and, make, and amplify it yeah. in certain roles. Yeah. Some of the ways that we're talking about Clark Kent and Superman, we have to talk about who he is, what he chooses to be, how he chooses to navigate the world in terms of his personality type. So making up the ways that he perceives the environment and orients his own experience. So we have some ideas that we're familiar with. So we have the attitudes of a personality type such as introvert versus extrovert, mm -hmm. where the extroverts tend to be more comfortable with the outer world of people and things, and the introversion, more comfortable with the inner world of concepts and ideas. So which one do you think Clark Kent fits into his attitude of how he navigates the world. Clark Kent definitely is an extrovert. I think he, I mean, in the comics and in the movies, he's always wanting to surround himself with people. And that's one, because that's his way of getting the scoop on what's happening around the town. It's also his way to get a break from flying around in his tights. But it's interesting to say because I think as Clark Kent is when he gets to be a part of society but it's also when he probably feels the most lonely because he's putting on this act the whole time. There's parts when he's supposed to hide all the time. He constantly wanted to lie to each other but he also wants to so badly when he's Clark Kent to make real relationships which is why through some of the movies we see he kind of latches on to like Jimmy Olsen and people like that to where he doesn't actually have to always pretend to be the stumbling buffoon but um, like he's obviously not going to show Jimmy his powers but that's as close as he can get without being completely there so with him being super isolated I think Clark Kent is still the extrovert of that side of him. So it sounds like Clark Kent's worker self may be more extroverted than his natural tendency as a person. What about with Clark when he's around John and Martha Kent? So I think Clark himself as a person as core would probably be an INFJ or an ISFJ. So that's introvert, intuition, feeler, judger. I, I think he's definitely an introverted, feeling, judgmental person. 
um, whether he's intuitive and sensing, yeah, couldn't really say. Um, but well, we'll break that down. We'll see if we can hash that out. I mean, Clark has a fortress of solitude for a reason, I think. But just because you're an introvert doesn't necessarily mean you always need to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you like to be a, among like-minded people. And you just need to recharge a small group, on your own. You need to recharge on your own. And I think that's what Ma and Pa Kent are for him for when they're alive. There are some versions they completely are gone. Well, um, I know in Smallville, that's like one of the big factors is him growing up in this town, his relationship. Like we have more of that before he becomes Superman. So yeah. it has more about that identity. We all have a natural tendency to be extroverted and introverted. And it seems that we just have a natural tendency to favor one over the other, Mm -hmm. depending on how we go about it from a societal viewpoint, is he often is made to be alone when he needs others to kind of recharge or talk to. I don't know. I think when Superman has had too much, he needs to be alone. But the point of doing that so much to yourself then makes you start to feel isolated and lonely, which makes you want people to reach out to you but it's very specific people that you want to reach out to so i don't know i would i would say when he turns to people and wants that attention it, it's more so just to answer these questions that he's struggling with getting the answers to like in smallville the tv show smallville like you had mentioned his question is is well how do i live my life without exposing myself and then you have man of steel it's how can I get the world to accept me and know that I'm here to do good? Which are really big Which existential are huge, identity huge questions. Identity questions that he never gets the answer to. And they also talk about when you're dealing specifically with male male characters, there is a harsh um, identity crisis when you have a person who has split father figures. And I think that that's interesting for Clark and something that probably should be mentioned or talked about because... He is one of the only superheroes that I can think of off the top of my head who has two fathers. And one of them is gone, is dead, but that the, the subconscious is still there to tell him about his heritage and his destiny. Stuff that Superman doesn't necessarily want but needs to understand and accept as a part of himself. And then the human side of Jonathan Kent who's saying do good, live your life, just know that if you go too far, you can't ever come back from that, and people will take advantage of you. And then in a lot of versions, Jonathan Kent dies, and so he doesn't have a father figure. He doesn't have that mentor. Usually about after the age of 18, Superman never has those kinds of masculine support systems. Which is really interesting, because when we're Thinking about the masks that we wear, outside of his two fathers, if we think about his closest relationships, they are women. Yep. And there's a lot of what Carl Jung talks about is um, we have the anima, which is the feminine side of the male mind, and the animus, which is the masculine side of the female mind. So it's really an interesting piece where we have this superhero and human being who loses his father figures, and then we have a lot of this anima symbolization around him with these females. Mm -hmm. And we also see that culture plays a huge part in who we are, and that seems like a big existential question that Clark has had for a lot of his life is, okay, yes, I grew up on Earth, this is my family, and yet I'm not like anybody else. I came from somewhere, a planet that was lost, Mm -hmm. And I lost a huge part of that side of me. Mm -hmm. 
And that's something that he we see him struggle with quite often. And then in the comics and in Smallville and in other places, we finally get nuggets of him finding ways to reconnect with that, whether it's his father's subconscious or, mm-hmm. you know, the alien ship that he arrived in. Things like that that help tie him back so he can slowly define and bring in both of those pieces. Yeah, and I think having that loss of masculinity is kind of why he is, I think, as good as he is as a character like people say he's too good he always does the right thing and that's boring we we see a lot of times where superman has shown a flaw yeah such as trying to do everything by himself to a fault when it's not necessary and i made this a, a joke earlier but it's true what happens when other characters come into his life like Superboy? We see a, a huge shift mm-hmm. in how Superman interacts with someone and someone like Batman calls him out on it. So we see a lot of those flaws mm-hmm. coming in that and make him a human being. And it's fascinating that some of that really didn't get shown or seen until n- later. None of that Way ever later. none of that ever gets shown in any of the movies, which is all people watch. And that's why they don't know who Superman is and don't can't appreciate him as a character. Because Superman has, like we've talked about, he's been removed all of his masculine counterpart. And so he has taken full control and full responsibility of that dominant part of his life. And so when you have Superboy come in, who is a part of 50% his DNA and 50% of Lex Luthor, it's something that he has no control over now terrifies the crap out of him which does things to you as a person when you're acting with true fear you know and so if you have someone like batman telling you you're being a horrible father you know that there's some issues there (laughs) that are way more interesting and like juicy that you want to dive into if we talk about like stereotypical gender identities that we've seen the loss of control is a big one for males it's big for the human beings but it's a huge one that we see in males Mm. and especially in the comic book universe uh you know man of steel i believe when we saw his father die and basically he had no control over Mm -hmm. saving his father and it, it was a huge impact in his life yeah or in uh I believe it was Batman versus Superman when everybody in the courthouse were, was caught in that bomb. Mm-hmm. And we see that was out of his control and he just stood there feeling helpless because he had no idea. And those are some of the pieces that we truly get to see hints of this internal struggle that he has mm-hmm. around what do I do for myself? Because for myself, I would have wanted to save my dad. I would have wanted to save these people. I don't want to feel yep. like helpless and, and out of control. And he's never been able to. Which so is he's... probably part of that shadow side. Is he doesn't want to be that person that is helpless or loses control. Which is and it's very terrifying for both of those. Mm-hmm. Well, because when when you're raised to believe that you can do anything and or you should be able to or you should be able to do everything whether your abilities are limited or not, when you find that there are things in your life that you can't control, you have no idea how to cope with that. You don't no way to deal with that. And there's no one on the other side of Superman that can say, dude, this is totally normal. Like, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly the situation you're in. Because nobody else has the type of history that he has and has the type of power that he has. 
right? Other than some of the Justice Leaguers, um, which came in his adult life, which he didn't find he until had, he was about when he was between, an adolescent. He was between the ages of uh, in the comic twenty five. He was twenty five when he first made his appearance as Superman. I mean, it depends on the comic that you look at, but the standard version of it is he doesn't find out about his heritage and everything that happened to him until he's eighteen. And then he kind of goes a soul searching until he's twenty five, decides to be Superman, and then no one else enters his world aside from him just saving the thing over and over again until he's about thirty three years old. When he's so there's about a lot of development that was happening that we totally missed. Yeah. Because of when he's introduced and all these other people coming into his lives. Let's go back to figuring out his personality type and see Maybe where some of this was getting picked up on in a lot of the shows that we have now and the movies that we have now. So we talked about that maybe he has a stronger natural tendency to be extroverted in terms of he's more comfortable with the outer world and things once he establishes that relationship or he seeks it out. And then we have the other side of introversion. Um, But let's just say he needs to gather information from other people. So the functions of a personality is how we gather that data and information. So you talked about, we're not sure if he might be more of a sensory or an intuitive person. Mm -hmm. Sensory is people who are more comfortable using the five senses and dealing with facts and reality. Just knowing that at a foundation, it's possible that's Superman, right? Because we have too many big existential questions that he's torn about that he might have to come back to the concrete for some of those things to get answers to. Now, the existential might be that intuitive side, right? It's looking for relationships and meanings or possibilities about past or future events. So this also might be more of gut feelings and searching. So we have a lot of that in Superman's story. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective as a fan and as an actor, which side do you think would t- make more sense in utilizing for his identity? I'm, to be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, I think I would go with more of an intuitive side to Superman just because I think as a superhero that would be more interesting and more relatable in terms of him searching, um, which I know has been done in some movies before. And people kind of see it as boring because they don't do it the right way. They either do it too long or they kind of do the same thing over and over again. But if, if I were to do something more of the sensing and needing something tangible or something that I can prove that exists, I feel like I'd be more, there's a lot more disappointment there. If I could interject, I think Batman might be more of the sensory type. Absolutely. The very concrete, you know, these are the facts and realities and these are the five senses. So we know from experience or reading the comics and watching the cartoons that Batman likes to gather information for his foes because he knows about his flaws and that's the best way to prepare. So all of that is very concrete and solid. Yeah. And Superman seems more like the intuitive type. Not only because he has these huge existential identity questions, but there are things like his father's subconscious that he gets information from. And that's not something concrete. That's something that's more of a spiritual nature. Yeah, it's everything looking inward rather than outward. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, good. I was right. (laughs) I'm not right, but... You had you had the sense there. You had the sense. I would go with. I would go with. So then, intuitive. I think you, t- you mentioned this earlier too, but I just want to nail it down that, um, you know, the next part of how we function in the world is how we come to conclusions or make judgments, and that's a thinking and feeling type. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Carl Jung didn't really bring up the judging versus proceeding type. That came in for the Myers-Briggs. So Carl Jung just talked about introversion, extroversion, sensory, and intuition. Um, So you you said that uh, Superman seems more like a feeling type. And he's more concerned with personal values, attitudes, and beliefs than a thinker who prefers to use logic and analysis. Absolutely. It seems like Superman is more of the intuitive feeling type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely think if you really get down to the the core of everything Superman does, it all bases around how he feels. And there was a quote that Superman had. I'm pretty sure this came from Kingdom Come. He said, in this world, there's a right and there's a wrong. And that that distinction is not difficult to make. I think that's kind of what makes Superman more feeling because when you have characters that are so based down in their morals, like um, you can compare him to like Captain America, when you could go up to a person and show them all these factual information, all these factual evidence and plot points and things like that of like why something should happen. If he doesn't believe in it and it doesn't seem like the right thing to do or it doesn't feel good to him and it goes against his nature, it doesn't matter. He will not go with it. He is completely and always acting in exactly the way he feels, which is interesting that a, that a person with that much power could hold that much restraint and still do the right thing. Um, but that's why we don't see Superman working under the government's law. And, you know, Lex Luthor becomes the president and Superman ha- like has a lot of negative feelings towards Luthor. So it doesn't matter what he does for the world, even though he's the president and there are laws and rules. He doesn't follow any of those things because of the man who is pushing those laws. Mm-hmm. Like he believes that everything he says is evil. So he's going to act based on those feelings. Which is a very different dynamic when we look at gender stereotypes. That seems to move away from that is this person who lives up to his own integrity. You know, doing the right thing when no one's looking or doing the right thing even though it's hard based on your own values and moral codes or compasses. And that's something that Superman always does even when we see those struggles that he has. Or maybe even disagreeable decisions when he might be combative with others is when his values and beliefs are so strong he rejects a lot of the rest perfect example um they touched on this in the bbs movie but it was actually taken from the injustice storyline when the joker tricks superman into killing lois lane the joker put superman under some fear toxin that made him see lois as doomsday and so he flies lois lane up to space and she's pregnant with his child and they both die in space, and then when she dies, he sees her for her and not Doomsday, the illusion shattered. And he gets so, he feels so much of what he's done, and when he realizes what he's done, that guilt and that denial from losing the love of his life and his anchor in this world, Superman becomes a tyrant. And he goes against all the things that he stood for because he feels so much anger about the death and so much guilt about the death of Lois Lane. And Batman, who's very logical, tells him, you can't do these things. You logically cannot cross these lines or else you'll never come back. And Superman is so in denial of what has happened that he completely negates everything that he flies down 
and he goes after the Joker and Batman's like, don't do it, you can't do this. And he punches Joker through the chest and kills him and then takes over the world. So, like, that's a perfect example of... His uh, feelings kind his of feelings taking, over taking over and overriding writing who he is. Else. Absolutely. So if we step away from Carl Young and talking about judging versus perceiving, we have the judging type, which is more about approaching life in a structured way, you know, having a plan versus the perceiving type, which we approach life in an open, more flexible way. Which one does Superman tend to fall under? So I would definitely say thinking about what Superman does and who he is, that he's definitely more on the judgmental side, or judging, I should say, side, because Superman is the kind of person who we kind of touched on his sense of control and needing things to go a specific way or wanting them to go a specific way, and because he he desires that structure in his life because it's so unstable and all these other parts of him doubting his purpose in life, that's kind of what he strives to do, and there's actually a quote from Infinite Crisis, uh, where he says, like, you have no idea what it means to be Superman. It's not about what you wear on your chest. It's about what you do. It's about action. And so I think of the fact that he is a person who needs to get things done. And because he is a man of action, he plans to do all these things. And if they don't go the way that was originally planned, then he gets angry and he gets defensive and he gets disappointed. And um, that's when he starts to really beat himself up. And if you look at examples of his animated stories and his comics and in the movies, when he is kind of confronted about, you know, not taking the responsibility of these things that go wrong in his life or things not going according to plan, he gets very angry and he shows these arrogant controlling qualities that a lot of people don't realize he has because they think that he's like a flawless character, but he's very arrogant and a very quick-tempered. We have this great example of how he's definitely one to tackle on his own personal feelings when he's navigating the world. So how do we see this in the, the little information that we have? I know Smallville tackled this big time. Is Superman when he's young, before he's 25? Because we know a lot about him starting as an adult mm-hmm. other than his birth story of coming to earth right that word yeah the Mobius story yeah so eric erickson he was the one that talked about eight psychosocial stages that we go through life and he mentioned that identity versus role confusion happens around ages 12 to 18 and this is where we see the question of who am i begin to come up Mm -hmm. and so this is the stage where adolescents tend to explore their independence and develop a sense of self but if they're not able to be sure of their identity or beliefs they fall into role confusion so the process of forming an ego identity requires that one compares to how one sees oneself versus how significant others appear or expect them to be this who am i question is this piece that Superman has, even in his adulthood, not just when he's an adolescent. So it's interesting that we just had this example because if we, according to Erickson, fail to answer that question in a way that's satisfying for us, we tend to fall into an identity crisis or adopt a negative identity. And we've seen times where Superman may adopt a negative identity mm-hmm. when he goes against his own values and belief system. So do we know any time in his life where he was able to ask that question purely when he was 12 to 18? Mm, I, would, I would probably say not, honestly, because when you have someone who, I mean, 
uh, the Kents found Clark. They say he was about, he was almost three years old. So there's already a whole chunk of time before that where he was traveling around in space or whatever when he's by himself completely alone he's not getting some of those developmental uh, I don't I don't know developmental, um, develop, needs. developmental needs um as a child and then shows up to earth around uh, the age of 3 years old and then who is completely sheltered and kept away from people and well, the main storyline um until he's about 10 years old is when he's allowed to actually go to school and be around other people and be socially in- introduced um to other people so that's 2 years before Eric Erickson said it's super important to have an identity development. Mm-hmm. He's suddenly put into, quote-unquote, the real world mm-hmm. yep. with other people on an unfamiliar planet. Yep. And then so you have that with him also tackling him discovering his abilities. In, I mean, he wasn't completely fully realized for a long time, but when you have, I, I, I wouldn't even know how a child would react having those kinds of abilities and thinking there's either something wrong with them or something great, but they're not allowed to show it. I mean, we see kind of version of that with Frozen when her parents like conceal the wheel and she literally holds that in her whole life until it blows out in other stressful, unhealthy Yeah, ways. she's not able to hold on to it anymore. Yeah. We might not know what it feels like to suddenly come into superpowers. Well, but the, we do know that yeah, the natural ability of society putting rules on the kind of person that you can be and who you can be, whether that's fitting you inside a masculine box because you were born with a certain biological function mm-hmm. or a feminine box because you were born with the opposite yeah, the, full biological yeah. function of these are the things that are acceptable when you're in school mm-hmm. that you have to connect with and relate to people on when you fit in this generic box. And I think the one thing that was going for Clark growing up, even as an alien, is he didn't look different. That, that was so we did have that part where he could be accepted. Yeah. But then this other part of, oh, they only accept me because they don't know that I have these powers and I'm actually an alien yeah. from another planet or a person from another culture. Yeah. He's in a box that he doesn't, he's never was meant to belong to. And I think... So growing up with, I actually don't belong in this world. What basically, I think what saved him is as people going through those ages, like through the high school ages, is unless you have someone to attach yourself to, to kind of keep you afloat and keep you sane and not going down the path of self-harm is his friends, Lana Lang and Pete. Well, possibly so, his parents. And, well, and possibly his parents. His adopted parents. But I mean, <laughs> even, even as a teenager and going through hormones, no matter what planet you're from, I'm sure there's always that separation from your parents that you kind of want to find your independence and, you know, go out and do your own thing. And well, try. And try, he had yeah. a lot of restrictions on yeah. him on what he could and couldn't do. Yeah. So, so they... He, he had the closest of his parents of them knowing his secret, asking them what he should do. But, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say, but just the fact that he had at least one or two friends. Well, we can to, suspect that yeah. when he was an adolescent, he didn't know anybody or have anybody else who could relate to the struggles of coming into mm-hmm. superpowers. They could only relate to him on a certain level. As far as we're aware, he doesn't get that until he's much older, where he finds people he can relate to on that kind of level. Yeah. 
And in the psychology realm, they talked about, like, there's actually three goals that are required for identity formation. And the first one is discovering and developing one's personal potentials. So this refers to the things that a person can do better than others. And this is something that we know Superman has, but it didn't really seem like a positive thing in terms of it left him more alone. So he's able to do things much better than people because of his powers, or he had to learn how to not use his powers and struggle Mm -hmm. when he knew that he could do it. Uh, The second is choosing a purpose in life. So choosing what we are seeking to accomplish in our lives. So that we see he nails it pretty well. He figures out his purpose. Yeah. Well, when he's up to when he's 18 years old. So like all before that, he has no idea. He had no idea. He doesn't know who he is, why he's there, uh, where he's supposed to be. And then in most versions, Jonathan Kent dies. And then he goes and often finds something that shows him who he is and that's when he's 18 is when he finds out that he's an alien that he's kryptonian that he has all these powers and that he was sent there for a reason like that's when he finds that type of purpose but then he's already gone through so much up to that point and you you gotta hold on to that for the rest of your life well it's like there's a whole part that's been missing he's probably had these questions at least since he was 12 if not before that yeah on who he is, why is he so different? Why does he have to hide these abilities and hide a piece of who he is to fit in? And, you know, we say that if we don't find our purpose or it's not compatible with our own capabilities, that's when we fall into a lot of frustration and failure, Mm -hmm. which can also influence our identity or how we feel about the kind of person that we are. Yeah, and I can, you know what, and this is something that I just kind of thought about now is how relatable this is today on Superman not knowing who he is or where he's supposed to go is also the fact that when you're a person who has so many different paths and you're someone who can do so many things, like, oh, there's a lot of people today who struggle with this. There are so many different directions you could go. There's so many different things you can do. And there's too many places that you don't know which way to go. You don't know what you want to pursue. You don't know what your purpose is because there are too many options. And I just thinking about this now, that Superman goes through that, you know, of he can literally be the best anything in the world if he wanted to. He could be the best boxer. He could be the best, you know, math teacher. He can go and build, be the quickest car dealer or whatever, you know. He'd be the most cost-effective doctor. Yeah. You wouldn't have to buy an x-ray machine. For sure. But, like, um, that's I just, it was just, it's a side note, but it was just something I was like, oh, he's also relatable because of that. Because there's kids today who they're like, well, I could be a doctor or an athlete or, or a And there's a lot of people that might be saying, no, no, no. So many opportunities and they just don't know which way to go. And so they do nothing because they don't know which thing to take. And it's it better seems to like... do nothing and to suffer than to pick the wrong thing. And to do nothing is still that choice. Yeah. And to have that as part of your identity to basically decide for yourself what is the most important piece of me that I want to stay true to no matter what. So that authenticity piece. Yep. We know from Superman, one of those things that we've seen iconically is this belief of hope. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most important drives for him, no matter what role he's playing, no matter what mask he's showing. That's one of the consistent core pieces of who he is yeah. that stays the most authentic. The core of him taking care of others. 
bringing out the best versions of the people he's around. I think that hope of things can always be better, you know, it's never too late to turn back, you know, there's all, all those kinds of phrases and things like that. But I think that's what comes back over and over again because that's what people need and that's what people like. Well, but, and this is kind of the epitome of his original origin story. Yeah. Is that is his planet was destroyed, he lost his hope. family, but there was hope because he found a new family, a new world, that he was able to eventually figure out his role and his place in and develop new friendships. So the last goal in identity task formation is finding opportunities for the implementation of those potentials and purpose. So although I want to say, just a disclaimer, that identity is never final, it continues to develop through the lifespan. Erickson said that the stages between age 12 and 18 are the most critical for establishing the question of who am I. But again, there's that hope of it's never too late to really discover who you are and to be able to follow the values that are most true for you, which is something that we see Superman upholding throughout all of his struggles. Mm-hmm discussion around just these uh, dynamics of who is he supposed to be so when we see him in movies what is the general expectation that we have that's going to be displayed and it comes back to this core of hope Mm -hmm. and taking care of others that no matter what you can find yourself which could be why a lot of people find disappointment in some of his recent iterations because they are going to watch this character inspire them they expect to be inspired they expect him to save the day to do the good thing and so if that does happen then they go great but now it's like it's boring but now what because i knew that i expected that i expected it's boring or they try to make him complex which apparently in the cinematic universe complex means dark which it doesn't mean dark but they think that seems to be the direction and people don't like that People don't like a dark Superman because that's not who he is. Hope is not dark, you know. Taking care of others can be toxic, but it's not dark. But yes, I think that's an interesting point to bring out. Uh, Maybe if there's a way to get back to Superman being that symbol of hope, which I think they tried to fix slash not fix with Justice League of Henry Cavill actually starting to put more of a positive tone around his Superman after he had been resurrected, but hard to say. I saw a lot of comments about how Henry is more the embodiment of Superman in his real life than the Superman he plays on film. Interesting. He even tested the Clark Kent quote-unquote theory of seeing how many people would recognize him if he just put on glasses. Yep. And he said only one person well, yeah, he put on still glasses recognized him. And he put on an oversized jacket, which is exactly what Clark Kent does. He wears mm-hmm. clothes that are too big for him. He puts on glasses. And a yeah. lot of people love that about Henry. And there's a huge question because of this expectation, mm-hmm. right? An identity or personality, right? If we go back to our definition is, what is our public image? So when fans go to see a movie, we have this public image expectation of what we're supposed to see from the actor, mm-hmm. or even from the director, you can argue. And anything that falls short of that is... Is not what we're wanting, yep. or that's not what fans are wanting. No. So we see this lovable person in real life, and people are wishing 
and we have that for the films, and yet there's this break in between where if their expectations aren't met, they're disappointed, and if they are met, they're bored. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they did Superman right, but what's new? Yep. What else about his identity? And I know for me personally watching the films, I get tired of seeing one characteristic being overly emphasized because yeah. that also seems to dehumanize a superhero character. The court scene in Batman versus Superman crushes me because I know Superman would have been absolutely devastated to stand around and seeing everybody dying out of something that was totally unexpected and out of his control. Mm -hmm. And yet the scene is cut. We don't see that facial expression for very long. Mm -hmm. And we're stuck with this Man of Steel, alienated, lonely superhero, which would have been fine if that wasn't all we were given. Well, and that's that's what BVS was specifically aiming for. And uh, if you haven't, check out the Ultimate Edition because it's so much better. But Man of Steel was alien. Like, he's wandering, he doesn't belong, everything's cold, everything's lonely. That's what we saw. And we saw that emphasized And that's emphasized how he felt internally. When Batman came in. Yeah. The Man of Steel is, this is how I feel internally. I don't know where I belong. I, didn't, I just want to make a connection. And when he does make a connection, things start to turn, but then the movie's over. And I think that's why people are kind of like, ugh, Man of Steel, the pacing, oh my god. But then you get to Batman vs. Superman. It's not about Superman and how Superman feels, really. It is the public image of Superman. The whole movie focuses on how Batman views Superman and how the public views Superman. Which changes completely how we're seeing his identity show up in yeah. the film. And so they show him, they say, okay, these are all the things he can do, but just because he can do them, does that mean he should? Why isn't he doing things under our govern? And then you have some people that are like, yeah, he saved my life. He's a Jesus character. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. What if he's just a guy trying to do the right thing? And people are going, no, that can't be right because... Because he exists, there has to be a bigger purpose. There has to be a bigger reason or else our lives are meaningless. And that's kind of what that whole thought of in the movie is, is that if he exists, then what's the point of us? And that's why Lex Luthor and Batman have so much riding on taking him down and proving that humanity still has a purpose in that movie is because of the public image of Superman. And when we do get to see his emotional breakdowns in the movie, it is cut. Like you said, but that was a Warner Brothers decision. But um, but it's interesting how it, it just really impacts the way that we see his identity is when facial expressions are cut or we're trying to see who he is from other people's perspectives. Yeah. It tends to take a lot of that dynamicism out of the picture take away from and the leaves character. a lot of questions as to what kind of Superman are we supposed to be watching? Yeah. And then he dies at the end, despite all that. And you go, okay, well, that's who he is. We finally got to see a glimpse of who he is and now he's dead. And we remove him from the picture. And we remove him from the picture. So there's almost this unconscious idea of you can't be your full self. It won't be accepted and you're going to be taken out of the picture. It's kind of the message that we're given and we're left unsatisfied. And then his quote-unquote resurrection for Justice League was supposed to be that now we've dealt with all that, we can kill all those ideas and now let's build on Superman himself and not... The and yet, person. when he first wakes up, we see the exact image of what people were afraid of. Yeah, it's that raw Kryptonian potential. Superpower, highly dangerous His weapon. Kal-El essentially, is a weapon. What he was seen for yeah. a few minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was only, well, it wasn't long, but it that, was uh, it was enough to yeah. be like, wow. So this is gonna be Justice League introduction of yeah. Superman is the embodiment of what everybody has feared he would be. Yeah. Well, in, in the, the Zack Snyder version was he was supposed to be born again, not knowing who he is, not having those cores that he was brought up with with the Kents. Because of that blank slate, he was supposed to come under the mind control of Steppenwolf to take out Darkseid, and that was supposed to be the villain of the Justice League movie, but then they decided to make it a lot more campy and Joss Whedon There was a it. huge change to it. And he rewrote it, so that got lost in the translation and that's why there's such a big distinction between those two movies we will never really get to see that anymore because now henry cavill's out on superman and now we're gonna have to get a new superman Superman. and we're going to reintroduce identity all over again about rebuilding this character up which is more frustration in the cinematic universe and that's why there's so much debate as to who can portray this character well not even just look like them, because yeah. we do tie looks to identity yeah. <laughs> of knowing who someone is you, um, is and you, you the characteristics. So, you judge someone within 10 seconds or 7 seconds of seeing them or something like that. Oh yeah, or... we make snap judgments all the time as natural human beings. Because, uh, in my opinion, um, from psychology, it's because of fear. We have to look at someone and being able to figure out if they're safe or not. Yeah, it comes down to that, I don't remember, that reptilian brain mm-hmm. in psychology where you have three questions. It's, can I mate with it? Can I eat it? Or is it a threat? Like, those three things. So, like, when you're looking at somebody, either they're attractive, they intimidate you. I mean, you can't eat them, but these base animalistic root things that people judge you on but yeah i get you and so superman is one of those people we have an iconic look for him that people expect to follow mm-hmm. the s the key that all has to stay as yeah. that symbol you can dress it up how you want but as long as we have those basics people are normally okay with it yeah now the characteristic that he's going to portray is debatable where people either agree or don't agree or yeah. they're going to like it or they're not going to not like yeah. it So we can talk all day long about what to expect. It's going to be interesting to have a new slate and see what direction it's going to take. Because we have two extremes as far as the movies of Christopher Reeves, even though we've had other supermen since then. But the big one, Christopher and Henry, we have two completely split different views. So we'll see what kind of turn they're going to take for his identity. So at the very end, as we're wrapping up this podcast, what is something that you want to leave people with about who is Superman or what makes Clark Kent who he is, as we know him today? What makes Clark Kent who he is is the fact that despite the influences around him being positive or negative, he always listens to his heart which I think is something that you should value in a person. For him to be an alien and to have the most humanity out of any other human that's on Earth, I think is just incredible. And when, if any one of us had the amount of power that he has, probably not a single one of us would be as good as he is, which shows just a lot about his true character. And and that's, I think, why most people who love Superman love Superman, is because regardless of whether or not you think he's cool, or overpowered or lame or boring he is the superhero you would want to have around because you can always trust him and he is a likable 
human. He's a likable person. And he has a strong value of empathy, being yeah. able to know how other people feel. So he comes to that point of understanding that, yeah, some people are going to be afraid of him. So what can he do to accept that part of himself? and ease others in his relationships. Yeah, I think so. So we would like to end with a quote from Superman that sums up some of what we've been talking about in terms of his identity and his values and beliefs. So let's take a listen. This is from Superman vs. the Elite animated cartoon. Dreams save us. Dreams lift us up and transform us into something better. And on my soul, I swear that until my dream of a world where dignity honor and justice are the reality we all share i'll never stop fighting so there you have it super kit and identity kaylin thank you for joining us Thanks today for having me. and i hope you all enjoyed it feel free to take a look in the descriptions section for citations and references of today's podcast thank you all for listening stay tuned for future episodes from psych hero signing off